This episode is powered by Den Certifications. You want to deepen your practice or supplement your knowledge for your day-to-day job? You'd be surprised to know how many certifications we do offer. All levels of Reiki, intuitive healing, compassion, animal communications, and of course, our deep 400-hour meditation teacher training program. Go to denmeditation.com and look under certifications for more information. Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Hal. I am your host, and I am the founder of Den Meditation. We have a fun and cool episode for you guys today. Her name is Ashley Wood, and she's an international Akashic Records reader. We get into what that actually means, and I'll tell you in a second, just so you know going into it. But honestly, it's like a form of kind of being a psychic or a medium, a way to tap into these universal energies and get information for you. So the Akashic Records themselves have every imprint of every emotion or life or experience you've ever had in your past, in past lives, and even in future lives. So basically, it's a total roadmap of your entire soul. So when she, as a reader, can tap into it, she can give you information to any questions you need and any guidance you need. It's pretty impressive. But what's really cool about this conversation is we really do talk about what is this system of souls? Who do we have around us? Who are our guides? What does it all mean? How can we use it to our benefit? You know, what are angels? What are, you know, she talks a lot about your loved ones that are always with you. It's actually a really comforting episode, I think, because you learn about how all of these energies exist to actually support you in your day-to-day, no matter what is going on. I really hope you enjoy this episode. So I'm so excited to be here with Ashley Wood, who's an international Akashic record reader, which we're going to get into. I want to hear all the details, especially Akashic records, which we do here at the Den. We do oh, reading. Amazing. Yeah, we do personal readings and we do some classes, but I want to really explain it to you know the audience what it is. But I want to start with you. Like how how did you even come in touch with? I know it was somewhat in your family, kind of this ability to be in touch with whether it be spirit guides or the beyond. Mm-hmm. When did you start discovering it for yourself? So I grew up as a psychic child, but I mean, you're a mother, you know, that children have this ability. Like they know, they know their intuition. They know because they haven't been programmed to like not really believe themselves yet. Um, but I, it was stronger in me and my grandmother was my first spiritual teacher. So she, Mm -hmm. like she read tarot, she read tea leaves, she had crystals in her house. And when I was growing up and like playing with her and I would go over there all the time, this is what we would talk about. And this was what we would do. Like we would just play with crystals or play with tarot cards. And it was just normal for me. So as I was growing up, I knew I knew that what we did was special, but I didn't know that it was different. But when you say it was stronger in you than like others, like tell me some things. Like oh, when yeah. you say I was a psychic child. I'm like getting is, to that. Oh, great. I'm getting to that. So I didn't really realize that I had any gifts until I was in my teens and I started to have dreams. Really, really, really strong dreams that I could remember when I woke up the next morning. And the biggest one or like the most impactful one that I had was when I was about 17 years old, 17 or 19, I can't remember. Um, But my grandma was still alive. And I had this dream that I was walking down this street in my childhood home. 
um, or my childhood town. And I'm walking down this street and this man comes and comes to walk with me and the colors around are all technicolor. And there's this bumblebee that's like buzzing around my head. And he said to me, if you swat at that bumblebee, you have to leave this place. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, I didn't know what was going on. Like I'm in a dream, but I was also so conscious that I, I knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, June 4th, 1942, tell her I'm sorry. And then I woke up and I wrote this down on a piece of paper in the middle of the night. And then the next day I went to my grandma's house because I just so happened to be staying at my parents' house that night in my hometown. So I could easily just go to her house the next day. And I told her this dream and she got very emotional. And she said that date was my husband, or sorry, that date was my father's funeral. And my brother took everything from me in the will that was left for me on that day. So I knew in that moment that in that dream I was in a different dimension I was completely conscious and I had been communicating with her brother whom I'd never met in my actual physical life can I ask a couple questions yeah what did the B signify I think it was a distraction like I think it was a distraction to like remove myself from the non-physical reality and wake up Ah, and why, let's say, I don't, what was your grandmother's talents or abilities? Like, why wouldn't he go to her? Like, why did he come through you? Or was that part of it to give you the awakening? I think it was part of it to give me the awakening. Her gifts were that she saw spirits all the time. She saw her mother all the time. She had incredibly strong um, premonitions of what was going to happen. And she was like the most phenomenal tea leaf reader, which is... Like, I don't, I don't know if people still it's get like their tea leaves read. Yeah, but she was so good at it. So after I had that dream, I knew that I was a little bit more in touch than I realized. Um, and it started getting stronger and stronger and stronger as I was growing up. Um, so this was, I was in my late teens and then throughout my early 20s, I was having dreams all the time. I remember, um, and it was only coming to me through my dreams. It was never when I was awake. And I remember when I was... Working at this one place, I had a dream that one of my coworkers was going to die, like, right away. And then she ended up getting cancer and passed away within two months. And, like, it Did was you say c- anything to her? No. Yeah, no, 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 no. I don't say stuff to people usually. But stuff was coming through so many times. Also, fun stuff, like, I would dream I'm, my friend's going to win Beyonce tickets the next day. And I would wake up and call her and say, oh, this is calling before we were texting. And I'd be like, you're <laughs> going to win Beyonce tickets today at work. And then she did. And, like, it was just. So you'll tell them the good stuff. You just won't tell them the bad stuff. Yes. <laughs> So it was just stuff like that. And then that was happening a lot until I got pregnant. And when I got pregnant, things really changed. I was, I think, just carrying another soul in my body. My daughter's a crystal child, so she's really, really, really psychic and really in tune. Um, And when I was three months pregnant, I had a dream that I gave birth to her. I didn't know if I was having a girl or a boy, but in my dream, I gave birth to a little girl and she, um, opened her eyes and started talking to me right away in my dream. And she said to me that like, she told me how her previous life ended, that it was in 2017, that, or sorry, 2007, that she was 17 years old and that she'd been waiting for a family to join. And she was so excited to join our family. So I knew that I was going to be having a little girl with dark hair, with intense eyes. And I just, I knew all of it. And throughout my pregnancy, she visited me a lot in my dreams and she chose her name and 
I was just getting stronger and stronger and stronger intuitively and being able to really tune into my own gifts. But I didn't know what this was yet. I was just like, wow, I'm able to pick up on this information and I'm able to get these these visions and I'm able to get these messages. But I didn't know were much you, more than that. Were you comfortable? The, I mean, what's amazing is it didn't scare you. Like you were very, I'm guessing part of that's because of your grandmother. Like you, you never like shunned them. But were you open about it with people? Like, were you open about it with your husband? Would you be like, oh, my God, this came in? I was, yeah. And when he met me, he thought that I was so weird. But he was still in love with <laughs> he me. He was intrigued. He was intrigued, but he was like, your family talks about this stuff more than anyone I've ever met. It's so <laughs> weird. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it was just my grandma and I who have these abilities and one of my cousins who's a, um, a man, actually. And usually we don't hear about men, men as much. talking like this. Um, Do you have siblings? I have a brother, yeah. And he, nothing. A little bit, but no, not really. Um, I was scared of it for a long time, and I had to... It wasn't until I was pregnant and things were really starting to come through in a different way that I felt comforted and that I was like, okay, I'm now like getting spirits and messages and whatnot around my daughter and around like my just becoming a mother. I felt like Did I was becoming. Like I felt like I was going through this transformation of knowing myself and I actually was going through a transformation That's because incredible. I um the moment I told my employers that I was pregnant which I was at about three months pregnant um I was working contract work at this place where I was doing online social media for women entrepreneurs and they told me I wasn't gonna have a job anymore they <laughs> said that they weren't gonna f uh they weren't going to fill the contract again. So after I left to give birth and then went through my maternity leave, I wasn't going to have a job to come back to. And at the time, it was like earth shattering news. And right. I was so upset. And I like went out and got a lawyer and I was like going to fight this. And then I realized how much stress it was causing to my baby and to myself. And that was the first moment where I really decided to just surrender. And it was the surrendering that brought me to the Akashic Records and brought me to discovering them. But that was really the first pivotal moment. And I actually had um, her birth chart read before coming on this trip. And I learned that she has a planet in the pre-birth house, which is transformation. So like sh her coming to me was helping me transform, which is really interesting. I know this talk isn't about astrology, but that's no, no, no. I love all of this. Important to mention. I also love my daughter's adopted, and so I very much look at how the universe mm -hmm. works. Exactly what you're talking about, but it's like so nice that you're literally saying this is what was told to me. Like I love that your daughter was like, I've been looking for this family. Mm -hmm. I've been searching. You're it. You're the perfect entry. This is what I want because that's how I look at it too. Since I didn't yeah. biologically have my child, but that's how it always seems to me. I'm like, oh, this girl for sure. Chose up, right. But it's interesting that not everyone can see it that way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's really hard for people to see things on kind of that metaphysical level, yeah. I think. Will we choose... And I've learned this in the records. We choose our families. So For like sure. we choose how we come into this life, however that's going to be. Like your daughter chose how she was going to come into this life. But then she chose who's going to be her mother, who's going to be her father, who are going to be the like main caregivers in her life because these people can all support in the lessons that she is going to be learning through her journey of growing up. I always wonder as like a mom what are her lessons that she's supposed, just like for me, I'm always wondering like exactly, and I can see mine and they change and they evolve. Mm. Um, and some I sure can't see yet, but um, I'm always wondering like, what are they? And even like with adoption, like how much of that is part of her lesson, how much of it is, isn't? Because I say that all the time. People are like, do you think it's going to be an issue for her? I'm like, I don't know. 
we'll see. It either will be something that she wears more as like a cross or it'll be something that won't bother her at all. And I have no clue which way it's going to go because I think it depends on what she's supposed to be going through. Mm -hmm. So it is interesting though, some people, because I know a lot of people struggle even when trying to get pregnant, you know, they can't possibly see it any other way besides like this traditional path. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like, if you can back up and look at it the way you just described your whole conversation with your daughter before she even came into the physical plane, it's like, oh no, it doesn't matter if like you're physically doing it, how it's coming. It's all the same conversation. The same thing's happening everywhere. Yeah. 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 I always think like she was just watching above and like looking and she's like, okay, this is like the right combination of people that I want to support me. And I mean, that's also something difficult I know for people to swallow if they've been born into a very Tough. difficult family. But it all, I've done lots and lots of readings for people who break down crying as soon as we start and they're like, why did I have such a horrific childhood? And a, a lesson will come out. It'll be like either resilience or looking within yourself of forgiving something within yourself or looking. Um, I did a reading recently for a woman who said that her parents were just so hard on her all the time, like to get really good grades. And if she got a 97, it wasn't good enough. And like now as an adult, she's a doctor and she really struggles. And she's like, every, I, I never think I'm good enough. I never think I'm good enough. And the master's teachers and loved ones of the Akashic Records told her that her lesson with her parents is forgiveness and unconditional love. And it's like looking at them and forgiving them and just like seeing them as who they are, but then loving them unconditionally in a neutral place, like being mm-hmm. like, I, I see you, I forgive you, that's good, I love you, but I'm, I'm okay on my own. So it was like she chose parents that made things very, very difficult for her in that way so, she could learn so how that she could love. learn how to unconditionally love. Because she had to learn how to unconditionally love herself too. Exactly. Which is like sometimes the hardest lessons you're given are the ones so that you can actually grow in that way. Exactly. It's like it's like taken away from you so you can build it up like from scratch. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's always so interesting. It's funny because when you said too, like I see my daughter like up there choosing, I mean – and I love that we're just diving right into it, but one would normally say there's kind of like a group of guides for you, right? Or like a group of like a soul group that you would have up there, like we all have, like which I'm sure is what you tap into a lot. Mm -hmm. And I love that we kind of skip forward, but I do feel like that's part of when you're choosing what you come into or what's given to you, part of that is like a bigger decision of what this next lifetime for you would be. Yeah. And you will, I mean, is this all stuff that drives with you too and that you believe so... Many like because also another way people talk about it is you know we live many many lifetimes and each lifetime you know because karma can get very misconstrued as like oh you fucked up here so you have to do this but sometimes it's not so much that it's like what I've heard which I really resonates for me and I love is that all the lifetimes that you come to live are almost because you're supposed to live every version so you're going to come yeah. back and be the murderer or you're going to be the rapist you're also going to be the person who gets raped at some point you're going to be the person who gets murdered at some point you're probably going to die from a sickness or a car accident sometimes you're probably going to be the mother Teresa who saves the world and you might be really famous one time you might just be the farmer who's like you know living a quiet life like there's you're going to live every version of the spectrum from what is perceived as good and what is perceived as bad more because if the goal is like full ascension and to incorporate as a full soul, you've now learned all these different facets. Like you can't possibly be someone who is fully ascended if you don't understand what it is to be someone who murders. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I look at it more as opposites. Like we come in with a certain life and then we want to experience the opposite of that life. So I don't necessarily see it as you're experiencing every single 
um, thing. opportunity, yes. every single thing. Cause I myself have only had 18 lives and they've been very, very, very similar. Like I've worked with the Akashic records for almost so what every if, life. So tell and me what I'm, yours have been I'm so a, far. I'm a star being and like okay. meant to be here as, um, as a light being or a star being or whatever. But, um, in the records, like when I've done record readings with people, for example, one person, um, asked why am I so drawn to like, um, uh, for, uh, what is that word right now? Forest, um, conservation. Like why am I, that's all I want to do in this life. Why is that all I want to do in this life? And we looked into the very previous life before this one. And in that life, um, this person was a contractor and they cleared a lot of forests to, to like, like create um, surface parking lots and like malls and houses and everything. So in this life they came in, but be like, not that they want to correct that, but just to do the opposite where they're like, Hey, well, I'm going to do the opposite now and like take care of the forest. So, But do you think it necessarily always has to be the lifetime before and it can't no. be like 30 lifetimes it before be that so or five many. or something like that, where for some reason in this lifetime, that's the balance that needs to be corrected? Yeah, it can be. I mean, I don't think there are any rules. And I also, time on the other side doesn't work the same. Exactly. So I just said I have 18 lifetimes, but some of them go back so far. And how I've learned in the records too is that you have a life on earth and then you pass away. And you then you go into the non-physical realm. And up there, time doesn't exists like it can be like the snap of a finger um, or it feels like a dream where like in a dream so many things are happening at one time and maybe we've woken up and we've only slept an hour and it's like wow I just had so much happening in my dream I felt like I was sleeping forever <laughs> and then on the physical plane maybe like three years go by maybe 30 maybe 300 go by and then you're like okay I'm ready to come back down and then you come back down right. so so much has even evolved on the physical plane that when your soul comes back down the lessons that you take on based on like what has happened in the past it it just looks totally different and I also don't see it just in my experience but I don't see it totally as lineage like lineage either in terms of like you completed this level now you go to this level to this level like it's 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 just like this constant ebb and flow and we're tested in different ways and it almost seems like when you're getting closer to ascension you're tested in I was just about to really ask you that. difficult ways so let's talk there's two things I want to talk about from that I want to talk about a ascension and what that means as a soul and growing and what the quote-unquote purpose uh, is. I know that's like a weird question. Mm -hmm. But I also want to talk about um, when you're reading the records too, the timelessness. But we'll do that after. So let's start with the idea of... And also, like, reincarnation is not always on this earth plane no. too. Like, you could be anywhere, really. Like, you could yeah. live a lifetime being like a little bug on a weird planet, and that's what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. As a record reader, I for the most part, only get human lives. One time I got an animal and that was really interesting. And I've been told that like technically in the records, it's only human existences, but this story of an animal came through. So I shared it with my client and, but I've done over 200 readings now and it, I've only had one of an animal. So that's so interesting. Yeah. But um, I look at human lives and like human right. past lives, but so yeah, on we this can earth plane, yes. we can, but we can come back as a tree. We can come back as, as a animal on this plane. We can definitely go into different dimensions, which I would just consider like, I don't, 
this is where it gets so big, right? Like I know, I, I, love it. I believe all the non-physical realms, but there are definitely other physical realms that For we just sure. don't know about. I mean, so. we'd be total narcissists if we didn't think they existed, right? Yeah, we're like... I know, it always amazes when, we, when people are like, there's no way. I'm like, well, how do we exist? I mean, it's the most simple question. It's mm -hmm. like, if we're here, like what, like how could you possibly not think something else doesn't exist? It doesn't mean you have to know it or understand it. Exactly. But to just say no, I always find like slightly naive. Um, so what in, in, so when you started actually reading the records and diving deeper into this, do you feel like you're getting more messages to as like how the whole system again, not the best word, but I'm going to say it system works or yes. how the universe is working and what the purpose is and what we're all doing. Do you feel like you personally are getting more of those messages? Yeah, I go into the records every single morning in the that's shower. That's like your personal practice. Yeah, I call them Akashic um, shower sessions because <laughs> as a mom, you know that you don't really get a ton of time on your own. And this is my like time of what do I need to share today? Like, what do I need to share with the collective? What do I need to know for myself? And a quick message will come through from, like two minutes and I'm like okay and it usually is something that has to do with my own personal life but then is also something that I can share with others and collectively as an energy we're usually experiencing the same thing at the same time I'll notice like if I have readings in one day like three or four in one day they'll all come in and like all of them will end up asking very 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 similar questions right. because it's just the energy of the day um, but I do get a lot of information and in readings about the system or like the purpose. And that was actually asked yesterday. I did an event in Culver City and um, someone asked a question of like, what is this purpose? Like, why are we even here? What are we putting ourselves through? And when I channel, I really don't remember a ton of what I say unless I'm supposed to. And this is all coming back to me right now. Um, and they said that we have like our souls have consciously chosen to come and experience emotion and experience everything physical experience pain experience pleasure experience everything like touching this which we in the non-physical you don't touch things and they also say that you only experience one emotion which isn't even emotion it's just a being of love like you just you look at other souls but they say that it's not like you're looking at like a physical soul they described it more as like a tapestry like everyone is woven together and everything is happening at the same time and but the only feeling is just this like love. I love that. Yeah. Because it's another way of saying, I love that the idea, which we've heard before, but you said it in a very simple way of like, we, the only feeling you possibly actually feel is love. Yeah. All the other emotions on top of it are created by us. Yeah. They're just all cre like created constructs yeah. that we put on top of love. Mm -hmm. So it's like what we always say. I mean, everyone says it all the time when you're doing any work on yourself. It's like, don't worry, like do the work, do the work. It's all there. You are, there is happiness and love underneath. Mm -hmm. But this is such like a great, to me, a great visual of like, almost like tearing down the building, like all the other emotions are like the, the bricks that we've put up and like yeah. at the bottom, your, your foundation, no matter who you are, what you've done, what you think, is this beautiful, bright, shiny, resonating love. Yeah, and some people that I've talked to about that and whatnot, they even have a hard time swallowing that because they're like, well, I have so much anger on top of this. Like, I don't find love. And I'm like, there's your lesson. Yeah. And a lesson I've learned in the records, nothing, I think you said this before, I don't remember, but nothing is good nor bad. Right. Nothing is right we nor wrong. We perceive it that way, but Everything it's is all an the experience. lesson. Yeah, and so even when we're in the lowest, lowest, lowest point, which I found the Akashic Records during the 
darkest postpartum anxiety. Like I was on the floor crying every day. You had a lot of postpartum. Yeah, it wasn't Mm. even really depression. It was anxiety. Like I was obsessed with numbers, not having enough frozen breast milk in the freezer for her, not sleeping enough. Like it just, it numbers consumed me and I was a constant anxious wreck. Um, But in a state like that where everything is difficult to me and every like I am so dark that there were so many <laughs> days where I was like, I'm walking out the door and I'm never coming back and I don't even know what's going to happen to my family or me, but I'm done. I'm checking out. And that's probably the lowest, like no, that's, that's, that's hard. It's low, but that still is an experience. Like that's an experience and I can say it's good nor bad it's an experience that both brought light to my life and lessons to my life. So when we go through dark moments or have dark things happen to us, the lesson is finding that neutrality and looking at it as this is just a lesson. Like this is just a thing. This is just an experience. Even if we're losing everything, even if we're having people in our lives pass away and we're grieving, or even if we're taking on an illness of ourselves, this is just a thing. This is just a lesson. And finding that that neutrality and looking at it as not good nor bad, but looking at, and almost in the middle, like if you can visualize what's in the middle of it, what can you learn in the middle of it? Like, like a sandwich, like everything's on top, what's in the middle? And that's usually where we find the most personal growth and the most clarity, but also where we're able to see things as just love it's it's so interesting because I remember the like when I really started thinking about things that way of like nothing's truly good or bad unless I put it on there yeah I it really started changing again no one's perfect I mean there's days where yeah but um it really did overall change how I kind of looked at things yeah because like you said, there's this like beautiful, like it's a neutrality that's not boring. I know the world neutral can seem boring because yeah. we're not, put, but it's, it's like a, there's a beauty in that. And to me, there's also such confidence in knowing that's what's always there. Exactly. I feel like it should hopefully support people. So here's my other question. Like, so you were clearly born with this in your lineage, though your brother somehow missed it. But you train people also to be able to tap in and be able to connect to whether the records or their guides, correct? So what's the balance of like people who have it innately um, and those who have to kind of develop the skill set? And furthermore on that, what is like, why do some people just come born ready? Is there something about past, is it something about the past lives? Is it something about where they are in their growth? So I'd just be curious why some people it's like they just have it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've learned all of this in the records too. So <laughs> like I can only take half credit. Copywriting uh, the records. <laughs> um, I have learned that the longer you've been on earth, the more lifetimes you have had on earth, like consecutive lifetimes. Like some people I've read for people who have had thousands of lifetimes on earth with not a lot of time in between for the, like in the non-physical realm, they're just on the earth over and over and over and over. So they're very, very grounded, very rooted in the earth. And therefore, Energy-wise, they're a bit slower. This is not a bad thing nor a good thing. Again, they're just slower. So connecting to this, like uh, connecting back into the non-physical realm, into the cosmos, into the universe, source energy, can be more difficult because they're such earthlings, like they're such earth beings. And we all, all of us, come into every life with a unique gift and unique purpose. Many unique gifts, usually, and a unique purpose. Now, 
maybe the gift and the purpose isn't to tap in to the non-physical realm. Maybe it's always there within you because we're energetic beings. All of us, every single human is an energetic being that is a part of source energy, a part of the universe. But maybe your goal, your lesson, your purpose, and your gifts are rooted within the earth. And that's why you've been here for so long. So maybe you have these like beautiful gifts of being able to work with plants and like maybe you're an amazing gardener. Maybe like all of these things with the earth maybe you're this is all just coming to me but maybe you're like a really talented geographer or something like very rooted in the way that you connect to your own inner knowledge your own intuition is in a different way maybe you're able to like you just have this guidance with I don't I don't know there's so many (laughs) things that like I just am thinking of like being like like a slower um your energy is moving slower, but you're really, really rooted in the earth. And that doesn't mean you can't tap into this. That doesn't mean you can't tap into your guides. You still have a cosmic team with you. You have all of this that everyone has. But then there are other people who have spent more time in non-physical realms like myself. Um, I've only had 18 lives. This is my 18th one on the physical plane, but my first one was like a really long time ago. Um, I've spent more time in non-physical world. So connecting there for me is way easier than grounding here. I'm so airy. I struggle with time. I'm usually late for things. I think I was five (laughs) minutes late today. I'm like, I bump into things all the time. Like I'm so, for me, I can connect so easily because being on earth often feels so foreign. And how does it feel foreign for you? It feels foreign in that I have zero depth perception, but perfect eyesight. So like (laughs) I'll bump into things and I just, I just don't, I don't know. It's very hard to describe. I feel like I don't fit into large groups very often. Like if I'm in a social setting with a lot of people, I just feel completely like I just want to like crawl into a shell, even though I'm very outgoing. Um, I... I have such a difficult time conforming to anything. Like I very am very much in my own person and have to go at like the beat of my own heart. I change things in an instant. I have a gazillion ideas at one time. Like my energy moves so fast. My husband says to me sometimes, he's like, you move so fast. It terrifies me. And I'm like, it, to me, it's just normal. Like I can get stuff done so fast and my energy like is just too. totally different. Yeah. And, and even when I'm like dead tired, I'm still a version of the Energizer Bunny. Yes. So I just tell people like I don't drink coffee. And, Me neither. And not out of any like high horse. Like people are like, oh, yeah. But I'm like, no, I don't give a shit about coffee. It's like you do not want me to have caffeine. It would no. be, I'd be a nightmare to everyone. Ask like Nicole, like imagine she'd hate me. <laughs> she, it would be awful. I used to drink coffee and I was easy on it like I would do a shit. oh yeah I, I used to save it because I used to work yeah. in a very corporate environment and I would save it for the few days a year where like I really needed the drug of caffeine and even then like anyone on my team would be like oh shit like she drank it because I would literally be like shaking be like okay what do we do what do we do what do we do I mean it's yeah. like I have so much energy it's crazy so I get yeah, it yeah yeah and so that's what I've learned in the records that Um, we all have this ability to tap in, but it's easier for some people based on how many, how much time they've spent in the non-physical realm as opposed to the physical realm. And it's more difficult for some people based on how much time they've spent in the physical realm as opposed to the non-physical realm. Um, Even though our souls all come from the same place and we all complete our time as humans in the same place, Mm -hmm. um, 
it just happens to be like how our energy is working and what, like how connected we still are. Um, but I always explain to people that, and this comes from the records, like how to tap in. Everyone has that inner knowing and everyone has that connection at all times. Our masters, teachers, and loved ones, our cosmic team, everyone is talking to us at all times. We're so... We're humans evolved in 2019. We all have a soul level of awareness, even if we are so far removed from this whole like realm of talking about this kind of stuff. We still have a soul level of awareness. And when you're asking yourself a question or you're wanting to do something, the first voice that comes through is your inner knowing, your intuition, your masters, teachers, and loved ones. The second one is your ego. Right. Sometimes it can feel like they're happening at the same time, but the first one will always come first, even if it's like a millisecond ahead of time. And it's like, um, it's rooted in love. So it will always benefit you as well as others. Whereas the ego will usually just benefit you, not the others. So um, let's say... And will it always even benefit you? Yeah, it might it not even benefit benefiting yeah, you. Yeah, so let's say that you're... Like, I can give this, like, super basic example of, let's say you're looking... Um, I don't know, you're wanting to buy like shampoo or something like that. <laughs> like it's super easy, right? But you're like, well, am I going to get this one or am I going to get that one? And your intuition, your inner knowing, like you know that you're being attracted to one of them because that's going to make your hair feel better. It's going to make you feel better. And therefore you're going to be showing up as a better version of yourself. And therefore it's like supporting others as well, as opposed to this other one that's maybe cheaper that you're like, well, I'm going to save a couple bucks on that one. But I don't know, I don't really like that one as much. But then you end up going with that one because you feel like guilty or not worthy of the one that you really, really want. Um, it's not going to benefit you and it's not going to benefit others. So I always say that even if you don't want to tap into the records or you don't want to do anything or you're struggling with all this, just start working on asking yourself, what is that first question? Or like, what is that first response? Where is my intuition leading me? Where is my inner knowing guiding me? And those are your masters, teachers, and loved ones. Those are your cosmic guides those that's your team like where are they guiding you to where are you guiding yourself to and really ask yourself which answer is going to benefit me as well as others and which answer do I not know like where is that coming from and I myself make decisions still where I'm like I know that that's my like inner knowing right there and I'm still going to do my ego like I, I because we're not it's perfect yeah. we're not perfect how I, I would think one of the hardest things when you're either already someone who's exposed to it or someone who's trying to grow into it is just trust, right? It's trust. Because I would think, I mean, that would be really hard for me is to trust that that's actually the truth and not the ego. Because sometimes it's actually, like you said, that's a really good tip that you just gave us. Because that is really hard to decipher sometimes. Yeah. So trusting that, A, it's truth, like that, that actually is truth that exists and that you, it'll be okay if you follow it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's hard. It is hard. It is hard. And I mean, we go through these things in big scale decisions all the time. We're here now for two weeks and then we're going home. My family and I, my husband, myself and my daughter, and my husband works for two weeks and he's leaving his job after that to build up our other family business. And we had everything like planned out on this trip and we like had our finances sorted and everything. And we're like, Hey, we know this is a crazy time. We go back to Canada. It's tax season time. You're leaving your job. Like lots of expenses are coming up. And then all of a sudden we're going to be totally entrepreneurs and like, this is huge. And then we get to this trip and something happens with our accommodations and we end up having to spend double. And then all of a sudden like money is just flowing and we're <laughs> sitting there and we're like, this is the trust. Like this is sitting and be being, okay. yeah, like we have meetings for our other business tomorrow. And it's like, this is just having to surrender and trust because we feel it 
within. Like we, our inner you know knowing it's is be like, okay. but then the ego comes in and it's like, you can't afford this. You shouldn't be doing this. You need to go home. You shouldn't be leaving your job. And that is where it gets tricky to not It's so surrender. tricky because it's not always only ego. It's sometimes just society around you. Yes. Like sometimes you have an idea and you're like, I know it. I've had that conversation with people because look, I have a business too yeah. and it's hard. Having a business yeah. is hard. And there's times I have to literally be like, no, it's going to be fine. But like someone will give you all the reasons like things won't be fine yeah. and they're not wrong. Like they have like legitimate, whether it be numbers, whether it be experience, whatever. But you're like, no, I'm telling you, I just feel it. It's going to be fine. Yeah. And then people think you're a nutbag, especially if you're in like business. Like when I was even deciding to even open this, people looked at me like with cross-eyed. They're like, what? Because it was a few years ago before like meditation, every single person like knew it. And they're like, really? What? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to totally work. It's going to be great. Like, yeah. And I had to just kind of just do that and let people jump on the energy train or just think I was crazy behind my back, which I'm sure a lot of people did. And that's okay. Because that would have been a lesson for you to stand in your own confidence and to stand in your own, really just your own worth and your own inner knowing. And the master's teachers and loved ones always call them um, shooting star ideas when an idea comes to you and you're like, I'm going to do this. I know it. I feel so good about this. Like this is my shooting star idea. It literally like for me anyway, it almost feels like it's like casting across my head and you catch it. And those are usually the ones where people are like, you're crazy. What are you doing? And you're just like, no, I know this. Like, I know. And then you follow those. And those are the ones that. Now, interestingly enough on that, do you feel like, because I always talk about how, like, even, even when you were saying earlier, you're giving gifts and it's really like the, it's the gifts in the universe that are coming through you as like a vessel. So that ultimately, I was just talking about this the other day, how ultimately, you know, it's taking the ego out of all of it and kind of being very humble about it, which is it's really the universe acting kind of through you. So if taking the shooting star idea, I've always said too, like there's always a million, let's say business ideas, because that's an easy thing to wrap your head around, or even ideas for a movie script or something. There's always a million of them. But people always feel like they're, if it's their idea, they're, they're the only ones. You know, and then you realize really quickly, at least with like, I used to work in TV. With TV, we used to always have people coming in being like, we have the most original idea you've never heard before. And then they pitch it and it is unique and different, but we're like laughing because three people that morning and one person the day before came in with the same version like of the idea because there's just something in the ether. Every season there was always a different weird idea that like everybody came in and pitched in their own way. And so I always used to look and be like, no, once it's out there, there's like an energy of something. So like to me, I'm wondering about this shooting star idea. Does that shooting star come down to many people and it's who decides to catch it and act on it? Or is it very specific to people? I think it's you know very specific to people because you yourself know that there are now how many meditation studios in Los Angeles, but the way that you acted on your idea is unique and different to right. everything else. And even if someone opened up a meditation studio that like they painted the walls the same color, it's everything yeah, looked the same. <laughs> Trust me. Every- I'm like, oh, interesting. <laughs> Furniture, blue, like the whole thing looks You're exactly like, the same. such a compliment. It is, by the way. And that's how I take it. Yeah. I do. But it still is not the den because it still does not have your energy into it right so no matter how we're expressing these ideas that come through us this is how a lot of people can get tripped up about this and I've actually had discussions about like our other business is a food um, business we have a food product and you come and from that's kind of where you were before right yeah you have, right yeah that's where I was before and we want to launch it along the west coast first and then move across the country and people are like oh my gosh why would you do that that's like we're like we're every single vegan food product is and I'm like exactly there's so much opportunity I see it as opportunity because you bring something to the table with your own Own, energy 
the, every single thing at this point in 2019 is oversaturated. It's impossible to tap into something that's not oversaturated. Right. But you can't let that's that so stop you because you're going to communicate it or bring it or um, present it or give it in an entirely different way if you're authentic to yourself because no one is the same as you. No, Absolutely. And by no the way, one. that's what I used to say in TV too because yeah. then people would get like depressed and I'd be like, because my whole point to people would be, to writers would be like, trust me, there's not really an original idea. And then they all get like deflated. I'm like, but the whole point is what are you putting on that idea? That's about you. Like what yeah. is specific to you and your point of view and your voice? It's the same idea. It's like, you're going to make something about that idea pop up differently and unique that is going to attract us all. Exactly. So it's the same idea. Exactly. And, um, People can say this like about blogging, about anything. It's just what, whatever you bring to the table. And as long as you are true and authentic to yourself and like you're really listening to yourself and not trying to be someone else, because what if everyone does get that shooting star in that day? Because as like you mentioned it, I said people come into the records, ask the same questions all the time. But we're getting these ideas, we're getting these, like we're picking up on these frequencies that are out there, but then when we take our own authentic voice and act on them, it becomes ours. And it was um, an astrologer who told me one time that it takes 25,000 years to recreate a fingerprint. So if you think of it that way, wow. that you are that unique, and when you tap into your own authenticity with that much ownership of yourself and being like, no one's like me, no one is like me. They said 25,000 years. So I wonder if yeah. like starting now when there's actually records, like we'll be able to figure them trace out. Trace it and see if there's actually what the connection would actually be. It'd be incredible. So cool. Yeah. I mean. I'm dying now. Now I want like this timeless. I want to like go fly around somewhere and like figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Like it that's is. such a cool thought. To me though, that's so empowering knowing that like. You're that individual. You're that individual. And unique. And in a large city especially, it's probably easy to blend into other people or to conform to a group. And this is how I feel like I almost have an advantage being more connected to the non-physical realm than the physical realm because I simply can't conform. Like I just, it doesn't work for me. Right. Um, but I find that fact so empowering where I'm like, I'm so different. This is great. Like I can just be myself. I'm so different. I love it. And to some people that might be really intimidating. But were but you always like that? Were you always able to embrace your individuality? No, I really tried. I worked <laughs> against it a lot. I it, feel like we all do. Yeah. Yeah. I worked against it a lot. Um, I partied so much in high school <laughs> and in my early teens or in my early twenties, I drank like a fish. And I think it was just cause I was trying to like I don't know, form, like, be with the group, like, party, have fun. I was never happy doing it. What part of you felt like you weren't part of the group? That I never held down a relationship and all my friends had steady boyfriends that they may need not even really like. They would just be like, well, no, it's, like, convenient and reliable and this works. And I'd be like, unless there's firework passion there, I don't want anything to do with it. Um... I jumped jobs constantly. I like really struggled to work a nine to five and to like actually, sh like I would show up, give it my all, try so hard. 
You were that person. The boss like probably really liked you, but then by the end was like, they sometimes (laughs) didn't though, because I'd come in with so many like ideas and be like, we need to revamp this way, this way, this way. But you couldn't like execute. Yeah. And they'd be like, no, no, we don't have the funds for that. We don't have the time. (laughs) That's going to take too much work. I'm like, I'll do all the work. Um, So I would change jobs like every year and a half, two years, sometimes not even that long. And I always just felt like I couldn't fit. Like I would try so hard to fit and I could never you had to do your own thing. Fit. And then when I started to embrace this, when I lost my job when I was pregnant, when I went through this transformation and I was like, I just have to work for myself. Like, that's what I have to do because then I can do my own thing. Everything, the universe opened doors for me. And I'm not saying that everyone needs to do their own thing because some people find something that they love in a corporate world or in a structured position. It's just, it's finding where you feel like you're at home where you feel like this is making sense to me. And you know yourself within your body, within your mind, within yeah. your full life, if you feel good doing what you're doing. Hey, sorry for the interruption, but we are always being asked about how can I deepen my practice or what are some of the things I can do when I can't come into your studio all the time? Well, we've got incredible retreats and I wanted to tell you about a few of them. Coming up in May, we have our Ojai Silent Retreat, May 9th through 12th, led by Heather Preet. These silent retreats are incredible and you will deepen your experience like you won't believe. Then we have in August coming up, we have in Sedona, Rise in Love with Chandresh Bardwatch. That's August 14th through 18th. And then look, if you don't want to travel or spend the night and you want something a little more simple, we've got a few day-longs that are incredible that take place in the Los Angeles area. So on Sunday, June 9th, we have Relational Mindfulness with Eden Tull. On Saturday, September 21st, we have Yoga Nidra and Self-Inquiry with Tracy Stanley. And on Saturday, September 28th, Self-Compassion with Heather Preet. Go to denretreats.com, get all the information that you need, and sign up there. Hey guys, I want to talk about our next Den Talks Live, which I promise you is going to be so fun. We've got That's So Retrograde coming back for our ultimate girls' night in. It's going to be Thursday, May 9th at 7.30 p.m. Don't miss it. Bring your best girlfriends, boy or girl, but someone you love to chat with that you love going out with. We're going to have rosé, vendors, light bites, sound bath, and fun conversation where we're going to dive into what friendship means, how do we support each other and not support each other, and really get into it. Like usual, there's a Q&A. Oh, and we're going to have a special craft night with the girls that we know they're famous for. So we can't wait to have them back. This is going to be truly fun. Again, Thursday, May 9th. Go to dentalkspodcast.com to reserve your spot. This will fill up. Grandmother on dad's side or mom's side? Dad. So how did, so you, did your dad, how did he feel about your guys' relationship and like the fact that did it kind of skip him? Like was yes. he, and was he okay with that? I have no idea because my dad and I, like we, he doesn't really talk. Like he's he's just such really a quiet. quiet person. And when he talks, it's like, that's part of the lesson in my own birth chart is like coming to terms with our communication and lack thereof. Like my parents are together. We have family dinners. Like it's fine. He just doesn't really talk. You don't really know him. No, I really don't know him. I asked my mom on this trip. I'm like, what goes on in his head? <laughs> like really? What does she he? know? No. She's like, I don't know. Like he talks about this, talks about that, whatever. I don't want to talk too much about him because I don't, we'll leave him. But, um, did your grandmother ever say anything about it? No, and I often think that you choose your own parents. I chose him so that I could have her. her. So when did she pass away? When I was, oh gosh, 29, uh, 2009, 2009. And she's one of my loved ones now who like comes to me in the records. Not as much anymore, although she's with my daughter a lot. Um, 
How do you know she's with your daughter? Because like, my daughter will be in her room playing and talking to herself, and we'll go in and be like, what are you doing? And she'll say, I'm playing with mommy's grandma. And we'll say, where is she? Right there. Mm. Yeah, so she's around our home. She's around our family, but she was the one when I went into the records that said, said to me, you need to do this as a career. You need to do this and charge for it. This will set you up like you need to do this. It was her and the master's teachers and loved ones. It was like a collective knowing when I went into the records that day before I launched my practice that I just had that energy and she was there. So you always say you say masters, teachers and loved ones. So loved ones are people that you knew within yes. your lifetime. Yes. That have passed on. Yes. Can it ever be someone, this is a weird question, can it ever be someone that hasn't passed on but is communicating with you through That's another not a weird question, but, <laughs> you know, this is where we get into multidimensional beings because I personally believe for nothing other than an inner knowing that my grandma has incarnated into another body and that she's living now so as a human again so she's communicating with so she's on this realm but also communicating with you as grandma and from that realm and dropping in and visiting my daughter like i believe we are multi-dimensional beings and we can be in many places at one time and often in my waking state i'll just like all of a sudden have this feeling where i'm living out an entirely different life and like i can describe it this this happens a lot more around like um when portals are opening like um, uh, zero one zero or like eleven eleven, like November eleventh, or yep. um, like f like s full moon, super moons. Like it, whenever portals, like big portals, are opening, it happens more often to me. Where I'll be like in a f physical state talking to someone, and all of a sudden my mind goes, and I'm just like completely experiencing something else at the same time. And then I come back, and I'm like, hmm, that was interesting. But it is interesting. Yeah, I do believe that she is now in a body in this physical realm, but still my loved one and still visiting my daughter. So would you ever ask her when you open up the records? I could, but you know, someone asked me this yesterday. I don't go in my own records for myself usually. Like I go you know. in to ask what I need to share and I take that job seriously. I go in for myself when I need real guidance, when I'm like, I'm so lost, I don't know what I'm doing. But I've only, like the last time I really went in for myself was... Um, the end of December. And why? I was going through a lot of transformation. I was doing um, one of Lacey Phillips' workshops, like um, To Be Magnetic, and I was just doing a lot of inner work, and I had a lot of questions, so I went in and just asked a bunch of questions. And Did you get your answers? Oh, yeah. Were yeah. they what you wanted to hear? Um, the thing with the records is they're always what you already know because yep. you're reading your soul, so you always know what, like, you may not know what's going to come, but when it comes, it almost feels more like a memory or a confirmation or a knowing. And it's like, oh, of course. Yes, of course. And sometimes when I read for people, they don't necessarily know what I, they're like, well, that doesn't make sense, but it feels familiar. And then later on, it starts to make sense because I'm, although um, I open Akashic Records and I work with the master's teachers and loved ones, but I also channel angels and I channel the Palladians and like I channel all kinds of beings that come through 
we're focused on you and your soul, like the client, like who I'm talking to, who I'm communicating for. Um, we're not looking at other people or other things. Like I don't open records for one person and then start talking about someone else. It's all you. It's all your soul's history. So even if we're bringing up a past life from a long time ago, maybe it's something tragic of like, you took your own life and I'll tell the story of like, this is what happened. This is where you were. This is what it looked like. This is what you were wearing. This is how you did it. They'll be like, I've had that dream before. Right. It's always a memory or a knowing or something that is familiar. Even if it sounds so surprising when you hear it, you're like, well, of course, you know? So people come into readings and they're like, I'm nervous. I don't know what to expect. I'm nervous. And I'm always like, first of all, this is a space of loving support. So everything you know, or everything you hear, even if it's, um, even if it's something that is difficult to hear, it's coming from a place of love and support. And second, you'll most likely already know already it. know it. It's just a confirmation. So talk about the records. Why out of why this modality over other versions of like mediums and other people that can communicate from another realm or get information? What is it about the Akashic records? Well, I think that everything has its own time and place. So I wouldn't say the Akashic records over something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say to people, if they feel inspired to do this, they're going to come to me. If they feel inspired to go to a medium, they're going to go to a medium. If mm-hmm. they feel inspired to go for tarot, they're going to go to tarot. It's all tapping into the non-physical realm just in a different language. So you're going to go to the language that you feel you understand subconsciously. Like we don't look at all languages in the world and expect us ourselves to understand them all. We go to the ones that we either want to learn or the ones that we already understand. So people come to me when they feel like this is what they want to learn about. And the Akashic Records, though, I... I think that they're extra special because they focus just on you. And so many times when we're in readings, like I've had crystal readings and psychic readings and all of this, it's about you, but then it brings in all these extra elements, like all these extra people, these extra things. An Akashic Record reading is about you. And how many times in the day do we focus on just ourselves without added people around us, without added responsibilities. This is just you. It's like stripping everything away and looking at just you and just your soul and just your soul's purpose and your soul's path and your soul's previous existences. It's just you. So when you need clarity on yourself and clarity on your path and clarity on what you're doing and you want this, I always use the phrase return to yourself. When you just want to return to yourself, that's the Akashic Records. And why did you get drawn to it? Well, it chose me. So tell me, yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, it chose me. Um, my psychic abilities were getting stronger and stronger. And I thought that I was going to go to like some school to become a medium or something because right. it was getting to the point where... I love how many of those exist now. It's crazy. I know. <laughs> it was get because I was starting to channel for my... Um, husband's grandmother who just passed away I'd be sleeping and he'd be reading in bed or something and I'd be sleeping and then I would wake up and look at him and give him a message from her (laughs) and then I would go back to sleep and I wouldn't remember it the next day and he'd be like you told me this do you remember that and he's like up all night just staring at you (laughs) yeah and like I still remember the day one of the a couple of days before I learned about the records 
he was walking home from work and it was the winter time and it was, he was home late. And I just had this like feeling that he fell and hurt his head. So I was like texting him like on the ice and I was texting him and like trying to get in touch with him. And then all of a sudden he came home and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're okay. And he's like, why? And I said, I just had this feeling that you fell and hit your head on the ice and that you were like in trouble. And he's like, no, that was the guy ahead of me. I had to, like, I, I'm late because I stopped and helped him and made sure he got medical attention before I So you got the kept feeling. On. So I got the feeling and I was like, hey, something, like something is going to come of this. How can I use this to support people? And I was given the download to start a podcast. I have a podcast as well called Manifest This. And Amazing. I was given. Yeah, I was given the download to have this podcast and I thought that it was going to be about food and wellness and whatnot because <laughs> that's what I was doing. Um, but then one day I was washing the dishes and I was told you're going to have a large audience of people to speak about spirituality with to share your gifts with and I was like oh it's this podcast that's what I'm going to do. So episode two on my podcast is called things I have to tell you and that's where I tell my community hey guys this is another side of me that you didn't know I hope you stick around and this is what this podcast is going to be about so as I'm growing this show it's like just coming together and I'm learning about crystals and I'm learning about all this stuff that I already knew about but I didn't know the like specifics about and then um, I was introduced to a woman named Morgan who ended up being a guest on the show and we were on the phone together one day and she was just asking me about my life and like why I'm doing this podcast and how I receive information and just asking a lot of questions. And then she said, you need the records. And I said, I don't, what are the records? And she said, the Akashic records, you need the records. Um, get this book. It's by Linda Howe and it'll change your life. And I was like, okay. So I went out and bought that book because something inside of me was like, this what's is the it. book? It's called How to Access the Akashic Records by Dr. Linda Howe. Very straightforward. Or How to Read the Akashic Records by Dr. Linda Howe. And it was just, it was like a key. Like, I just felt like something inside of me was like, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. This is what I've been looking for. So I went and got the book. I read half the book. I didn't even finish it. And I one day just felt it's time. I went upstairs into our bedroom and I went into the Akashic Records and nothing really happened other than I felt this transmission. And I always say that two things in my life have changed my life. Th two things that happened. Giving birth to my daughter. It's never going to be the same again. Never. Having your daughter. It's yep, never going to be the same again. And going into the records. It was like energy going through me. This transmission going Physical through me. Physical energy. Physical energy. I felt... Like, I was completely high. Like, I couldn't barely even walk straight. Like, I was so fuzzy and so just in a different realm. Like, uh, my eyes were different. Like, everything was different. And I felt like I've come home. Like, this, I've, I'm, I'm back. It was so crazy and so overwhelming that I put the book away for two months and I didn't touch it because I was like, I, I know my life is different as soon as I go back to this. I need some time to process this. So what was the first thing you asked it when you actually opened it and asked Nothing. the question? I just sat there. No, but I mean the first time you ever oh. asked a question. What was your first question? Why am I supposed to do this? So you, it wasn't even should I do this. It was like, why am I supposed to do this? Yeah. What was the answer? That you've been doing this forever and that in every other life that I was in touch with the records, I was a man. And that in this life, I'm a woman giving this voice at a different 
perspective and that my purpose is to modernize the Akashic Records, to bring them to the masses so people can access them on their own, they can use them, they can just tap into themselves on a different level because we're waking up consciously. Like our brain space is actually able, you know this, our yeah. brain space is actually able to tap into so much more. We're not on fight or flight. Like we can now like ask very in-depth, amazing questions. And like consciously we're just so much more expanded and so we're able to use this modality in a different way now because the akashic records you're ascending into a much higher realm than just uh, i don't want to say just spirit guides because spirit guides are incredible but no, it's, it's, it's different one, it's, realms it's, it's, it's higher so realm. talk about what that realm is and let's talk about it because we jumped right in which i love so talk yeah. about like for people who are like okay this is all amazing but what the fuck are the akashic records yes let's talk about that that's important <laughs> i know you and i dove right in which i love but also i was like yeah there's probably people here going i'm still confused <laughs> so the akashic records are a complete vibrational so not physical vibrational record of every thought experience emotion everything that has ever happened to you as a soul as a soul from not the as a human no from the time your soul was created to this time that we currently are in the present and as well as future possibilities so we can call it as a google search for the soul because you can look up anything and again it's not a physical book it is a vibrational non-physical space that we access it's a highly ascended space of vibration that we access through a meditation um, and then dr linda howe's pathway prayer which was downloaded to her in her own akashic records and it's um a string of words a prayer a string of words that vibrationally those words strung together is the perfect code to open up the records. So that's the prayer that I use. There are many different prayers that you can use, but that's the one that I use and it's used to access the heart of the record. So you get a different kind of information. I always think like we're just woven in love. So when you open up the records and let's say you and I were doing a reading and yeah. you open up my records, what is it that you either see, feel, or hear? Like, so however it, it affects you, like, and I don't mean do a reading now. I just mean, yeah. is it like you say it's every thought, emotion, this? Is it like a bunch of things coming at you? Is it just a feeling that you've arrived and you wait for the question to take that specific answer? Like, what happens when you enter that space? Yeah, so I do the meditation. I do a guided meditation for my clients first just to get us both into receiving mode, but also to ground us so that the energy when it comes through it isn't so like major yeah. yeah and then I do the pathway prayer which opens up the records and then at that point when I say the records are now open um, and this has evolved through like I launched my practice on June 1st of 2018 and up until this point not even a year it. I've done over 200 readings right so like it's evolved um I am a baby, but I'm not a baby. Of course. I yeah. Know. That's <laughs> um, the beauty. Yeah. I feel like I'm an old, old, old woman in this. But anyway. No, but that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's what they told you, too. It's like you've always been doing it. Yeah. Just start doing it now. Now. <laughs> in, in this lifetime. <laughs> um, when I open the records now, I get... Um, it's, it's hard to even explain it, but it's just this like knowing of this message that is the most important message for that person to hear in this moment in time. Um, and then it usually ends up being the theme of the reading. So it only takes a couple seconds and it comes through as a knowing. Like I, when I'm in the records, I see visuals. I don't always hear, but sometimes I hear. I feel things in my body usually when it's really, really 
dark. Like if there's been a suicide in a past life or if there's something going on with the body in this life, like if there's been a suicide, I've felt it in my head. And as soon as I release that and say, this is what happened, the pain goes away in my head. Or if in this life they're, um, not speaking their truth and their throat chakra is really blocked. I'll have a really hard time breathing or my voice will change or something. Like I feel it in that way, but for the most part, it's just a knowing. I close my eyes and I just know. And as soon, like I don't even think, I just close my eyes and I talk and it all comes through. So I'll share Amazing. the first answer or the first lesson, the first message. And then at that point, um, the client guides the reading. So the client asks a question to me and then I share the will, answer. Will there always be an answer? Like mm -hmm. my point is like, is there ever times guides are like, you're in a place in your life, you need to figure that out for yourself? They may say it that way, but <laughs> they'll give so much support. Like they'll be like, they won't give a specific answer. For instance, like if someone comes in and they're like, should I do this or this? They're not going to tell you what to do. They're going to give you two scenarios. They're going to describe both things. And then they're going to ask you to ask yourself, well, how does this feel in my body? Or how does, how, how can I see this playing out? What scenario feels better to me? They're going to give you the tools and the guidance and the support to the make the decision right. for yourself, but they can't make a decision for you. That's the love or that's the, like, that's the whole purpose. Um, and that's the love from them is the support. But they told me that we come into this life with gifts and purpose, but then we also come in with free will and that's our biggest lesson. And yeah. that's why we can only talk about future possibilities because we have our free will all the time. Um, and that's why they can't tell you what to do because your whole purpose is free will, like on top of everything else. It's yeah. figuring out what you're going to do with yourself. So that's how I do readings with other people. But on this trip, I did readings for two large groups, like a good fest and an event yesterday. And I think I'm going to do, not I think, I know I'm going to do that more. I want to do big rooms because then... Well, have you come here and do one. Yeah, I would love that because then... I pick up on the energy of the entire room and it's not a specific soul record. It's more of what this collective needs. energy in this room needs and people ask questions and the answers. It is unbelievable how it ends up resonating with like every single person. People came up to me with like, they were sobbing and they're like, that wasn't even my question, but it was the answer I was looking for. And it blew my mind that it's like, we just tapped into like the group and it's, it's really fascinating. I love it. Yeah, me too. I know. <laughs> so in some ways you're saying it's like you, it, it's interesting though. I love that you actually were channeling already and kind of, you just, you almost needed your modality to help ch like channel your channeling, like to help yes. really focus your energy so that yes. you could actually really execute it in, in the, I hate using the biggest and best way because that goes against it. But like you're no, really taking true. it, you're taking advantage of your talents now versus, right? Because now it's yeah. almost like you've exercised, you kind of. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I didn't read all of Linda Howe's book either, because I found when I was reading it, I was getting very hung up on how, 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 Linda Howe. Linda Howe. <laughs> and she's amazing. I've <laughs> talked to her. She's incredible. But I, as soon as I put that away and was like, I'm doing this intuitively the way that I need to do it, that's when the Palladians came through. And like, that's not in her book. I'm right. able to channel the Palladians. And that's when angels started coming through. And that's not in her book, but I'm able to channel angels. And that's when spirit guides came through. And that's when I was able to see people in different realms, like their lives in like on like different planets. And like, you come from this planet or this or this, like it's 
it, as soon as I was able to tap into my own intuitive gifts, which is what we were talking about before, when you are tuned into yourself authentically, like this is your gift. And yes, it's a shooting star. Like I've noticed the Akashic Records on the rise. Like you do them here. Like it's, it, they're everywhere now, but I'm doing it in the way that is authentic to, you. to me. And so that's how my experience with it is different. And I'm using it in a different way now too. Like I'm doing one-on-one readings, but I'm also channeling, like I go into my records and I ask for information on, I call it life work that I can put together for people to support them because it's impossible for me to do a one-on-one reading with as many people as I would like to support with this. And they even said to me that we need to go from me to we. And like they said, that's my goal for this year is me to we. So um, on April 1st, I'm launching a six series workshop called Return to Yourself. And the first... The first little block or workshop, they're all individual, so you can choose which ones you want to participate in, but that one is called Becoming, and that's if you don't know anything about yourself, and you're like, I don't even know what I like, and I, I get this from my clients, like, clients come to me, and they're like, well, I'm supposed to do stuff that makes me happy, but I don't even know what I like, right. like, I'm so far removed from myself that I don't even know what I like. So I went into the records and I was like, what do I do to help people with this? And they gave me the information for this one. And then there's how to feel. It's going to be so good. Yeah, how to feel loved, how to feel abundant, how to be aligned, how to be physically well. And now I'm going into the records and asking what do I put together? Not necessarily a training program to like, this is how you access your records, but what are some actual tools that people can take and learn to connect them back to themselves more. So they don't need to use the Akashic Records so much. They just know it's Akashic channeled right. support. And it goes back to your inner knowing and just exactly. trusting your own voices. Yeah. Oh my God, what is the, and, and then I want to wrap up because I've kept you for so long, but like, what is the, you said earlier, like you don't tell people things when it always comes through. What has like been one of the hardest things that's come to you that you're like, fuck, I wish I didn't know that. <sighs> I misinterpreted it, but I used (laughs) to work at this scuba dive shop because I went to Thailand and got certified and dove all I could there and then went home to Canada in December and hated my life because it was snowing and I was so far away from an ocean. (laughs) So I found a scuba dive shop where I could go and work. (laughs) I haven't thought about this in forever. It's interesting we're talking about this. And I, I just walked in. I was like this fresh little 23 year old and I just walked in and I was like I'm so in love with scuba diving I'll do anything like I'll sweep your floors I don't care I just want to work here because I thought I'd be a like certified diver instructor off in Thailand and it's just another path um <laughs> and so the man who owned the shop was like yeah sure like come back organize our back room I'll pay you a little bit like sure like great um and he ended up passing away a couple of years later and I worked there the whole time. And I think he paid me under the table. Like, I don't know if I ever even got like a legit paycheck. <laughs> um, and I could show up like whenever I wanted. Like it was just a worked perfectly for you. Yeah. And I was able to just talk about scuba diving and we would go diving in the lakes and where I'm from and whatnot, not the ocean. Cause I live so far from an ocean. But um, anyway, after he passed away a couple of years later, I had a dream where I was in my grandparents' house, which the grandma who was my teacher, a lot of my dreams go back to her house. And I was in um, her house and he was up like on the higher, they had like the sunken in like 60s style living room. And then he was up here and he was looking at me and he was like shouting 
but I couldn't hear him and he was communicating something to me and I couldn't hear him. And I woke up and I was very troubled with this for a really long time because I was like, am I supposed to tell his wife that like something's not completed or something's not done or like he wants something done differently? I kept it with me and I didn't do anything about it because I had no idea how to even address it. And then I thought, later very recently actually within the past couple of months I think that he was trying to like I just wasn't in tune enough yet to hear because now I hear like I don't have dreams like that anymore like if someone comes to me in a dream I hear it all right. so I think I just wasn't in tune enough I don't and I I don't try to figure out the lesson anymore I, th I like look at it like sorry I don't try to figure out the message anymore I look at it as more of like um, a lesson to me that I just wasn't there yet so you never, you still don't know what he was trying to tell you. No, and I never told anybody. About and he it. never came back. And I've actually never told anyone but my husband. So now I'm telling a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, and he never came back. And he never came back. But he was like, he looked angry and was like shouting. But I don't know what he was saying. He was frustrated. Yeah, probably because I couldn't hear. So here's another question. I've heard that in dreams, you'll never actually read something because then that means you're either aware, there's something about it, like if you actually pay attention to your dreams, you'll realize you're never actually reading something. I've never read something. I just thought it's, it, really? it's crazy. Someone just told me this recently and I was like, huh, like I hadn't thought of it, obviously. So that's interesting. And was, I it, have such specific Yeah, something dreams. like you can't actually read something in a dream because it would mean you're, it'd be something like then you'd be awake or it changes like where you are or something. I don't well, know. Well, and because reading is physical. Yeah. Like, so it makes sense. Symbols are physical. Right. Except symbols are non-physical as well, because that's how you attune someone to Reiki. Right. So I guess it's if you're just, I don't know. Wow. Let's do another podcast. <laughs> I know. By the way, and here's know. my other question, because we could do a whole other one about dreams. Yeah. Like, do you feel like dreams for everybody all have messages in them, or some dreams are just like your brain playing out the day? No, I th there are many different levels of dreams. Like, there's... Um, there's dreams that are going to tell you what's going to happen next, like the, the premonition type mm -hmm. dreams. There are dreams that are messages of the collective. There are dreams that are messages specific to you. There are like, there apparently I haven't done a ton of research into dreams. And do we themselves. all have all of these dreams? Yes. And we just do. sometimes we don't necessarily recollect them. Is that like your training kind of like people can recollect them more? Well, you can ask yourself to remember them. Like you can ask yourself, often it's like your sleeping patterns. Like if you're sleeping really, 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 really deep, you don't remember them as much. Right. But if you make a conscious effort to remember your dreams and you put a dream journal beside you in bed and you give yourself a couple of days of like solid good sleep to catch up on your sleep if you're really tired and you're just like crashing and like you're so deep in sleep. Because I know when I'm super deep in sleep, I don't remember my dreams as much as when I'm sleeping a little bit lighter or when I'm not as exhausted. Right. Um, but if you start recording anything, like you wake up in the morning and just anything that you, even just your feeling, like you often we bring our feelings from our dreams into our first awake state rather than grab your phone. And I mean, I don't do this. Like this is for someone who wants to try this out, but anyone um, who wants to like tune more into their dreams, grab a journal. And the first thing you wake up, like just write down what you think, what you hear, what, what you know, just write everything down and then start keeping track of that. And 
apparently we have patterns and I'm starting to see this in my own full moon dreams. Like my full moon dreams are chaos. <laughs> They're chaos. But on this trip, um, because we were in California for the super moon, I asked my mom, what was your dream like the end, like last night on the night of the super moon? She's like, it was crazy. I was at work and everything was so fast and I felt like <laughs> I couldn't sleep and I was just like not resting. And I was like, yeah, like full moon dreams are chaotic. Um, now, if you yeah. don't remember them, you're still getting the message, correct? Yeah, yeah. Like our soul's still getting the message. Yeah, because our soul's energy. Like we are this golden rod, this golden rod of energy that's connected to the non-physical, which is all around us, but the cosmos, it goes through us and connects us into this physical plane, grounds us. So we're constantly plugged in. Like you can think of plugging a cell phone into a wall and then plugging your, like the charge, like the electricity is running through it. We're constantly plugged in. We're just sometimes not aware of it, but we are constantly plugged in. I love that. I feel like that's a perfect place. And I want to do your four U's, which are four quick takeaways for the audience. Do you journal or have any other daily practice? I journal quite often, yes. Um, but my daily practice would be my Akashic shower sessions. I love like, that. <laughs> yeah, I hashtag them on Instagram because I'm just like, that's what they're called. Like I go into the Akashic records in the morning in the shower. How long is that for you? As long as a shower can be as a mom with but a can toddler. You, can you do it in like two minutes? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do it so fast. Sometimes I don't even open the records. I'm just tuned into my team. And I'm just like, as the water's coming down, I'm just like what do I need to know today and what do I need to know to tell everyone or to like to share, like just give me the message that I need to know. And then I just go about like washing my hair, doing whatever, and then it'll come through. Your team. I love your team. So like, are you very aware of who your team is? I am. And does it change or it does? Yeah. Um, like in terms of masters, those never change from the moment our soul is created. A master has never been a human. They're a highly ascended light being and, there are many of them. And from the moment our soul is created, we have these masters with us um, up until the time we're no longer human. Um, and they guide us through our lessons. So I don't know who they are because they're like, they don't have a name. They don't like they're, they're light beings. And then our teachers, they may have been human. They may not have been human and they can come in and out. Like we have different teachers. So let's say we're working on a lesson of forgiveness and they will, we'll have a teacher, a couple teachers for that. Maybe they've been human, maybe they haven't been. Um, and once we're finished that lesson, then those teachers will pass on and we'll get a different teacher um, for a different lesson. And then our loved ones have been human, which we covered. Um, but I don't know who my teachers are or my masters. I know that one of my loved ones is my grandma. Um, and then I know that one of my spirit guides who comes in and out is Luna and she delivers all the messages I need to know about my daughter. Mm. And, um, yeah, she started coming around when I became a mom and she's given me really profound, amazing messages. And for a while I was having a lot of other spirit guides, but I don't really hear from anybody anymore. I think because I'm just constantly with the master's teachers and loved ones that, yeah. And I get messages from, they just tell me the Pleiadians, but they don't say who they are. I love like that. Individual. I love the, I love the team aspects. I always yeah. feel like there's a team too. Yeah. And I feel like, again, that's very comforting if people actually team. think about it that way. Everyone has a team. I visually think that there's like this team of like people standing behind me that like if I fall back, they're going to they put their you. arms out and catch. Yeah. I also feel like sometimes they're giggling at me because they're like, oh, again, why are you making that choice? Again, we're trying to tell you you're not listening. I know. (laughs) Helpful tip for a valuable meditation. This I learned from the records. Um, 
if you are struggling with meditation, throw everything you've learned away about meditation and simply just focus on grounding, like just putting your feet on the ground and imagining that you're growing roots under your feet and grounding into the ground and then watch your breath and then watch your thoughts. And that's all you need to do and give yourself five minutes of this. And even if your thoughts are racing, as you're concentrating on like watching them and concentrating on your breath and this, it's going to stop and it's going to slow down. And they always say like, if the concept of meditation is even overwhelming to you, just sit like that. And you'll be surprised at how quickly you get comfortable with your own silence, which then you can get to the next step. Because sometimes it's just like actually being with ourselves. That's so intimidating. That's a great tip. It really is. Food, drink, or object you can't live without. Dark chocolate. Ooh, do you have a special, do you have one that you just like really love? Um, Like a brand? No, as long as it has sea salt and it's like really dark, like 80% (laughs) with sea salt. I love that. So good. Yeah. Favorite self-care hack? Probably dry brushing and essential oils. And I got a jade roller, and I really love that. Do you like that? I do. And what I do you feel like is happening with that? I don't notice any real changes <laughs> on my face other it than it good. feels good, especially on the forehead. Like and if I've done a eye. lot of readings or it's just been like a really busy day and I just like go to town on my forehead with a jade roller in the right ways, like draining the lymphatic. By the way, you just gave me an answer to a crossword puzzle. Yeah. Because I do crossword puzzles. I'm like, that's it. Four letters. So like green. So I was like, what is it? What's the answer? It's Jade. Jade. Oh, there we go. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) I'm like, I love that that popped in. I'm like, I couldn't get it. It's the purpose (laughs) of this whole recording. (laughs) We're done. We're good. The whole reason we did this. Um, yeah, it feels really it does. good, especially if it's cold. All those all so those good. like crystal face rollers look dreamy. I got to try one. I have one of those gua sha's, yeah. like, but I don't really know. Like I've watched videos and whatnot, but when I do it, I'm like, I'm doing it wrong. I just need to get a facial with those. Yeah. But the jade roller, you just roll it around. Like there is a pr- there's a proper way, and I do do the proper technique, but when it gets up to your forehead. It just and do you do it often, so or do you feel like as a mom, some of that shit I do just goes out the window? Night. Good for you. I do it every night. Yeah, I do. Because I don't have an unrealistic self-care ritual, but there are things that are important to me that I don't throw away. I don't say I'm not doing it because to me, it's very important for her to grow up with a mom who takes care of herself. Huge. So what are your things you don't throw away? Eating well, drinking water, going to the gym, going to yoga, um, journaling, working or having a meeting if I need to because like because I work from home and I'm a mom working is self-care to me because I don't want to lose myself yeah in motherhood and I can't like it's just not me but being able to give her like coloring or something and saying to her mommy has to do this call right now I don't do it that often but even just having that like knowing that I'm working and that she knows that I also respect myself and take care of myself enough to prioritize my needs, which are following my own And that's impressive. Passions. It's hard to do that when your kid's at home with you. It is. It. I'm like, I'm queen. I'm like, I got to get out of the house because it's really hard to do it. Yeah. So I'm impressed. Thank you. I actually have a studio space, but I got rid of it because I found it harder leaving. Yeah. Like I find it easier. So it's probably just how you prefer to work. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. If I stay home, I'm like, what are the 25 things I need to do in the house? Like it, all the mm. lists change and then I get nothing done or I get the wrong things done. Or yeah. maybe it's not the wrong things. Who knows? Again, nothing's good or bad. No. You are so great. Thank you. You've shared so You're much. Welcome. This is like mind spinning, I'm sure, for a lot of people in a great <laughs> way. No, in a great way. And I encourage everybody to go get their Akashic records and we will have all of your information. But feel free if you want to say any of it here so people can look you up in your podcast and we would love to get you here to do an event. I would love to do an event here. I mean, I look for any reason to come back to California. Oh, good. So. Well, then we'll make, we'll make it happen. I promise. <laughs> Sounds good. So you guys just stay tuned. Um, she will do her personal practice, which is a grounding meditation, which is how she opens the Akashic Records. And if you haven't subscribed, please do. It helps us out oh so much. And always review is really lovely as well. Thank you for joining. And thank you again for just being so open and amazing to talk to. Thank you so much for having me. Ashley is going to lead us in her personal practice, which is the grounding meditation she does to open up the Akashic Records. So you can do this meditation at any time, anywhere. Um, I use this meditation to open the Akashic Records before I say the pathway prayer, but this can also be a meditation that you do before you start your day, before you go to sleep, before a busy meeting, or just any time that you feel like you need five minutes to ground and connect back to your body, yourself, your mind, your breath. So just have a seat wherever you are and close your eyes and put your feet flat on the floor or the ground and take a couple of deep inhales in through your nose and exhale out your mouth. Allowing that fresh oxygen to move through your body, creating a sense of lightness. And those exhales to melt away any tensions or stress or worries that you have from the day or the week or the month, just let those go. And imagine that that space in between your eyebrows is getting softer. And that your jaw is getting softer. And your shoulders are sinking down. And your tailbone is getting heavier. And your feet are melting into the floor. And imagine that there are two cords that are attached to the soles of your feet. And those cords are traveling down through the ground, the layers of the earth, all the way down to the center of the planet. And at the center of the planet, there is a ball of energy. And that energy is life force energy. And that energy grounds all of us on earth with love. And feel that energy as it travels up through those cords and enters into your body at the soles of your feet. And that energy continues to rise up your legs. over your kneecaps, up your thighs and into your hips, into your belly and through your ribs. 
just grounding you in this moment and connecting you to Mother Earth. And as that energy continues to move through your body, turn your attention to the crown of your head and imagine that the crown of your head is receiving a cosmic energy from the universe. It's pouring down your body, around your body, and through your body like water, illuminating you with unconditional love and unconditional light. You feel that energy as it pours down your face and down your neck and over your shoulders and down your arms into your hands and down your chest and into your belly. And as that energy continues to move through your body, it meets with that grounding Earth Mother energy and your vibration raises and your heart bursts open. And at this point, I usually enter the Akashic Records, but feel free to use this as a practice to enter your day, relieve stress during a moment of test, or enter dream world before you go to sleep. Thank you. Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielik, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks podcast, and join us there.